Welcome to What Do You Think? I'm your host, James Caldwell. This is the third and final episode of the Newfoundland and Labrador election special. In this show, I chat with the incumbent MHA for Labrador West, Jordan Brown. He gives his perspective on the election and how government can do more to help young people throughout Newfoundland and Labrador. Before we kick off this episode, though, I want to say that if you're eligible to vote in this election, please be sure to do so, especially if you're a youth. If we, as youth, want to see our governments listen to us, we need to show them that we care. We need to show up at the polls to show them what we think by voting. Regardless of what party you support, please be sure to vote. And with that, let the show begin. Thank you so much for joining me on the show this evening. I know it's a busy time for you to say the least, but if you don't mind, can you tell myself and the listeners a little bit about yourself and your role within the Newfoundland and Labrador NDP? Yeah, my name is Jordan Brown. I'm the member of the House of Assembly for the District of Labrador West. It's the most Western district. It's also on the mainland part of the province in, uh, in Labrador. I'm with the Newfoundland Labrador NDP. I'm uh, one of a caucus of three, and I hold a number of critic portfolios, from, ranging from Labrador affairs, Indigenous affairs, and reconciliation to uh, natural resources. So, you know, I, I, I juggle a lot of that stuff for the, as a critic. But I also sit on a few committees and things like that, uh, you know, just the standards committees and things like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm very busy and I do I do live in my district in Labrador, so I do have to travel a lot, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it sounds like you, you definitely have a lot on your plate, but I'm sure it's it's all very exciting, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I love every minute of it. Uh, I think, you know, I think this has been a great experience for myself, especially as a young person to consider myself as a young person uh, <laughs> in, the, in, in the aspect of it. But, you know, I, I have a, you know, I'm, a, I'm married. I have two small, uh, well, not small children. Gee, my, my, my oldest is 11 years old. So, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, I have to consider myself a young person sometimes. It's, uh, it's interesting to stop thinking, oh, you're only 30, so, well, 31, so, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. You kind of need to, sometimes in Atlantic Canada, like I said, we need to stretch that definition of, of, of what a young person is. But no, it's, that's all good. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like being like an elected official and MHA, uh, especially as a young person? You know, I've talked to a couple different people. None of them have been elected to your level, obviously. So it is an interesting take for someone that has that kind of provincial responsibility. And so I'm kind of interested in what are some of the challenges you faced as an MHA and some of your successes. Yeah, absolutely. So the young person was elected, it's really interesting because you get in there and everyone just kind of like, you look at you. Oh, yeah, you'll you'll understand. You'll you'll get it. Like <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like you you don't. They they expected like this basket of knowledge already upon you when you get there, and you get there, you're a young person, and that's so you have different ideas, you have different thoughts of things, and and you see the world differently. So so when you get in there, and you you got to kind of like carve out your own space per se. That you know I you know I have these thoughts, I have these these ideas, and that and you have to kind of make your own your own space in, in, in elected uh, politics. So that's that's one challenge I always found, but I didn't have. I have to say I have had many successes. I I, uh, I brought a lot to the table. I successfully pushed through a, a private member's motion on uh, introducing a uh, committee to review and pilot 
a, a basic income plan in Newfoundland and Labrador, and mm-hmm. it was unanimously supported. So, you know, that was a great success for me that as, as a young person, I was able to bring something to the, to the floor of the House of Assembly and have all my colleagues agree with it and vote positively for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. I also chaired the Committee of Ways and Means of the House of Assembly uh, as uh, in the role of Speaker's Chair. So uh, as a young person, the first New Democrat to ever actually sit, sit in the Speaker's Chair and preside over the Committee of uh, the Committee of Whole. So, you know, <laughs> I've had a couple of successes as a young person. I, I, uh, I haven't gone through the record to see if I was the youngest person to ever sit in the Speaker's Chair, but I'm the first New, I'm the first new Democrat to do it So in this province. So, that, that you know, that's just some, you know, some small successes and small small things as a, as a young person <laughs> I, still don't consider, I still have a hard time considering myself a young person but yes as a young person I you know it, it's great and uh, there's a lot of space in politics and in elected office for young people mm. but when you get there you got to carve out a space that's your own and you gotta you gotta go with it like you know take your own path and do it your way because you know, uh, it'd be a lot better. You know, we, we, we all fall in the trap of keep doing the same thing. Oh, just because someone else did it, you do it. And all that. But as a young person, you have a lot of different perspectives too. So I always suggest, I suggest have mm-hmm. your own path, do it your way. Yeah. Well, that's an amazing point. I think one of the kind of the founding, well, I don't know, maybe founding principles a little over the top, but one of the reasons why I started this podcast is to get, you know, more young people into politics more of that youth engagement because I, I think you bring up a really good point that a lot of elected officials especially if they've been in the position for a while kind of have you know a set way of doing things and the youth can really bring that fresh perspective and you know change things up and see what works and you know what doesn't kind of thing exactly when the younger population sees you there then they know they have something to look at if you can look forward to, you know, because I'm not the youngest person to ever be elected to the House of Assembly. Currently not. I am just by one year. I'm the youngest actually sitting. There is a, another individual there that's only a year older than me that's sitting. So, you know, it's there's been young people in these positions before. Mm-hmm. That was like a long time ago, and it seems as as the demographics of the province change, obviously the demographics of the House of Assembly has changed. So you see a lot more uh, older people, more retired people, things like that, because that's the, you know the House of Assembly is a reflection of the population. Mm-hmm. My district, my district has the youngest average population in, in the province right now. So obviously, I'm a reflection of the demographics of my of my district, but. We also need to set to jump ahead too. Just because your district may not have a young population, young people shouldn't be discouraged from running in those districts. Mm. I think that having young pe- a few more young people in the House of Assembly and and even on you know opposition side and government side and stuff like that, because not only in our province but I'm sure in your province in New Brunswick and PEI and Nova Scotia as well, we have a, pro- a problem retaining young people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, young, right? And our uh, our demographics are a certain thing. So having these younger people in these elected positions kind of helps spur the idea of, like, I'm going to stick around. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go out west or go down to the States or anything like that. I'm going to stay in Atlantic Canada. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing we need to look at, too, is having young people in these roles on your town council, in your provincial, uh, in your legislatures, in our federal legislatures. Having more young people in these roles from Atlantic Canada is what we need. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a you know not a thing. Oh, I like to get into politics. No, it's actually a need. We need these people in these roles because if not, if we're just going to keep going down the same path, 
of aging and aging and aging demographics and to the point where you know our population starts to significantly decline in Atlantic Canada because if you take a ride to any of the small communities and rural areas there's a lot of gray hair and there's not a lot of young people sticking around which is going to be a lot harder and harder for our province and it's going to put Atlantic Canada a lot of stress on Atlantic Canada in our health care and stuff like that because we need young people around to help hold it all together. I 100% agree. I think, yeah, the more young people that can feel empowered and to pursue these roles that you mentioned that I think, you know, it's and it's just even getting new perspectives, right? Like even just getting the perspective of different people and having more voices at the table is going to lead to better decisions. Exactly. And I'm not I'm discouraging any decisions of what older people are making, obviously, right now, mm-hmm. because yeah. that, but we just need that perspective. We need to have young people know that just because of your age, it doesn't define what you can and can't do, yeah. right? You know, having some 20 and 30-year-olds elected on your town council, your city council, your provincial legislatures, having those young voices there and them at the table can help bring the ideas of what would attract young people to stick around. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. And also help to find opportunities because it all goes hand in hand at the end of the day. You know, we have people who need to create business, create opportunity, and create this as well, but that creates tax revenue. So the individuals that are retired are on fixed incomes and that, you know, that they're taken care of as well. By having, or you remove one from the equation, you're leaving stress to the other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're having a lot of people at fixed incomes, you, you know, they're not spending as much, they're not, you know, able to participate in the economy like everybody else. Obviously, it's going to create strain on our uh, on our provinces. I know, like I said, uh, it's, it's it's right across Atlantic Canada right now. New Brunswick, us here in Newfoundland, Labrador, PEI, Nova Scotia. We all are feeling the crunch of out migration. Young people going away out west to work. You know, we're seeing that a lot of smaller communities are getting smaller. You know, we're, our rural parts of our province that you know was actually like you know the big draw, the big pride. of of mm-hmm. our uh, of Atlantic Canada was our beautiful rural communities. Well, they're gone from hundreds down to you know fifty, sixty people, families. Right? It's just mm-hmm. our rural our rural areas are dying, and it's not. And it has nothing to do with you know with anything that happened. It's just that young people don't see themselves in those communities anymore because they don't see any opportunity. They don't see any of that. So having young people in elected positions help build opportunity because they can sit there and they actually know what's going on. You know, they can look at the books per se and say, Mm -hmm. well, you know, we can, we do this, we do that. We can attract some young people here. Some communities, I know in my province, I can say, uh, you look at the community of Bona Vista around the island of Newfoundland, some younger people ended up getting council and help kind of steer the community using the heritage and history of the area, actually started drawing young people back oh, nice. and gave opportunity, right? So, you know, they're, they're, this, this is actually, you know, one leads to the other. So having young people empowered and feeling that they can actually be a part of governance, they can be a part of something bigger than themselves, that is actually a huge thing that significantly could change the perspective of how we look at things. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of great points there for sure. So moving into, obviously, Newfoundland Labrador is in the midst of an election campaign. And so I'm kind of interested in knowing, in your opinion, and like from what you're hearing when you're going, when you're canvassing, what are some of the most pressing issues for young Newfoundlanders and Labradorians in this current election? It's our problem, again, uh, is, is out migration. It's people, you know, saying, well, you know, there's nothing here for me. There's nothing mm-hmm. there. Uh, I go there, and a lot of it is 
uh, young professionals in the sense of people who are currently among doing you know medical professionals things like like that those kind of skills mm-hmm. they they don't state they're seeking something else and a lot of them send to leave so the idea is to what's here for them to keep people here and that's the that's the key issue is how do we provide an environment that they can thrive in i know my district is a little different so we don't have as an out migration for youth as much as other parts of the province more significantly on the island of newfoundland it seems to be the biggest problem is keeping young people here keeping the kinds of jobs and stuff that they're more related to right now right so we see the oil and gas industry collapsed pretty quickly so there, that was one chunk of of trade youth that seemed to have uh, either currently waiting around for work mm-hmm. or people who decided to go move on so that's one thing also access to education and things like that i know we do pride ourselves on having one of the most affordable universities in the country but you know uh, some people uh, still want to move on to other places and stuff like that too so we we finally got to strike that balance you know between how do we find the opportunities and stuff for youth and to keep them here in this province and at the same time provide an environment that they can thrive into after education? So it's going to be a long, it's not going to be an overnight fix, but mm-hmm. I think we have a lot of issues that are deep rooted that needs to be addressed on keeping people in this province and stem the tide about migration. So it's a huge issue that a lot of communities, if not all communities, uh, like you kind of previously mentioned in Atlantic Canada that are kind of grappling with, you know, yeah, young people are kind of looking for, like you mentioned, something else. They're looking for either more excitement that they can find out west or in, or in Ontario. And so it is definitely a challenge to figure out how to, you know, retain more young people. But yeah, Absolutely. You know, and a lot more people are, you know, especially if there's young people with younger families too, you know, access to health care, access to education, uh, you know, opportunities for their children. Those things also have to be thrown into the equation too as well, not just single youth or youth without children. You also have to take into consideration that a lot of youth actually have children at a younger age as well. So, you know, we have to take into consideration of those people and the needs of those individuals as well because seeking opportunity. So it's a very complex issue. Mm-hmm. But I think, like we me and you discussed a few minutes ago earlier, maybe allowing, you know, encouraging more youth to actually run for elected office. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a good first step into getting to the bottom of what's going on, how can we fix it, and what investment we can make in into the uh, into the idea of uh, retaining youth into Atlantic Canada. And I, I would actually honestly uh, take it one step further and say. It probably might take the efforts of all four Atlantic Canada, Atlantic Canadian provinces, mm. actually, to figure out this one because I don't think it's just a Newfoundland Labor issue or a New Brunswick issue, but I think it's a whole Atlantic Canada issue that almost would take probably the cooperation of all four Atlantic provinces. Yeah, actually, that's a really interesting idea. I didn't even. It would be interesting to see if all four provinces came together exactly what could be achieved. It is an interesting project for the future, perhaps. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, uh, cooperation between the four Atlantic provinces is is key because mm-hmm. we all suffer from the same issues. We all are kind of in the same boat with a lot of things. You know, um, I have connections to New Brunswick myself, and I've been down there a number of times. And I, I like I said, sometimes it's, you go down through there, it's no different than being in Labrador or being in Nova Scotia. It's, they all seem to have that Atlantic Canada kind of vibe, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, yeah. 
you know, we all and we all hurt the same way. We've all we've all been through some rough patches, especially with out migration. You know, uh, drops in the economy, things like that. We've all seemed to have similar ups and downs as the as Atlantic Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is kind of the, I guess, the million dollar question for any any candidate. But why do you believe that the youth vote, kind of that like 18 to 35-ish voting block, should vote for their NDP candidate in their riding? Why should they vote, obviously, for, for, for you and Labrador West? And like kind of what policies would an NDP government implement to help youth? Well, right now we, we we've seen that it is it, it's a multifaceted thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not you know, it's not the idea of policy; it's the entire idea of governance. And, and the idea is that we need to find a way that we solve these issues, like I mentioned before, about out migration. You mm-hmm. know, seeing using their ideas in governance, and the idea that they're represented in governance because a decision made doesn't always affect. You know, like you make a decision on healthcare. Well, that decision on healthcare will probably only affect those people who need that kind of healthcare. Mm-hmm. So the decision has to be: what decisions that we make, how does it positively or negatively affect youth? And that's the key there. You know, if you make a decision about the economy, does it affect youth in the economy, or does it affect you know a different generation in the economy or a different subset in the economy? So the idea is that you take what they're looking for and make sure that you put that lens on there that says that we're going to make a decision. It has to make sure that they're considered and any negative impacts are remediated mm. because you take it like that. So like, you know, we've had in the NDP, we've actually said, but we're going to keep the tuition phrase. We're going to make sure to keep that the Mullen university's tuition is going to be the most affordable in the country. Right. So that's because you, by putting up tuition, sometimes you're obviously going to negatively impact youth who are trying to get an education. And that's the beauty of one of our wonderful things that we have in our province is the easy access to university education in this province. By changing that, we obviously have a negative impact. But also we have to make smart investments in, t- in the tech sector because uh, that's a lot of uh, us currently a uh, very uh, go-to education and go-to industry right now for youth right now. So obviously growing the tech center would actually be more encouraging for youth to stick around in this province who had those skill sets because not that long ago, people who did these tech courses, these computer courses, these higher engineering courses, there was no work in this province for them. So obviously they went off to Ontario, Quebec, out mm-hmm. west, the United States. So trying to you know help them build an industry in their own home province will obviously have a positive effect on that. Access to trades and trade training, you know, that's another kind of thing that would be geared more to younger people staying in the province. So at the end of the day, is that how are we going to build an economy? How are we going to build a province? How are we going to build a, 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 a whole area around the idea of keeping our youth at home and giving them the tools and opportunities to help continue to build the economy? And, you know, the old cliche, you know, the youth are our future and everything like that. <laughs> well, absolutely. We've heard the saying for years and years and years. Actually, probably the people who wrote the saying or said the saying initially, they're probably not youth anymore. But... <laughs> but it is still rings true because the idea is that if we don't give them the tools to keep going forward, they leave. And we found that out very fast here in Atlantic Canada that if we don't give youth the tools, mm-hmm. they go somewhere else. They go somewhere else that actually has the tools they need uh, to succeed. And that's the thing is, you know, it's not one policy. It's not one thing. It's a whole idea. It's a whole mentality of you know keeping our province going. You know, we have to make sure that youth have the opportunity, the tools, everything they need 
to be successful in this province and actually successful and I'll say in Atlantic Canada because like I said we're all we're, I think we're all in the same boat with the youth right now on, on, on trying to keep them and uh, and try to keep them so they can continue to build an economy in Atlantic Canada mm-hmm. and that's what we I look forward is like I said getting young people involved getting their ideas and getting what they need we've seen like a lot of you know cuts in education cuts in the public service cuts and that stuff they're actually we, you know, the mentality at the time was, oh, we need to save money and stuff like that. But it actually took away tools, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. from youth because you cut programs that, okay, well, you know, there's probably was a program for, you know, something to help, you know, start up a business or there was probably a, you know, a program to do this. But all these cuts over the years slowly took away the tools and the ability for youth. Uh, I'll tell you a good one. I went to trade school. Mm-hmm. By trade, I'm a welder. So I went to school in, in, in Happy Valley Goose Bay, which would be the next town closest to us, even though it's uh, the next town closest to us, even though it's over 600 kilometers away. I went to trade. Yeah, I went to trade school there. I, I got my welding certificate. I came back, came back to Labrador West. I had a bunch of job interviews. They all looked at me. And goes, oh, you got no experience. You got no experience. I just got a, I just got a trade school. Did you give me a chance to get experience. But that's the that's the kind of mentality, is that. I had no problem getting my trade. I got a great education at a really affordable price. But there was nothing left to help me mm-hmm. get the experience I need because all the mentality was, oh, you don't have enough experience. And they pushed me along. So I got the training, but I never got the experience. So if, you know, if I if I did actually had a half a mind, well, I guess I'll go out to Alberta and work. And that's the thing. So it all it kind of sticks with you for a second going, well, it's great to have X, Y and Z. But if you don't give the person a chance, they're going to leave. And that's the thing. It's the idea of giving youth a chance, giving them a chance to start a business, give them a chance to, you know, take take the chance on youth, take the chance on what their ideas are. And, and you'll see at the end of the day that they're the ones that's going to save Atlantic Canada. Yeah, I can't agree more. I think you had a lot of great points there. The one I, I found really interesting, the way that you even just approach the question in general, that it's not saying that it's not really necessarily a policy, but rather kind of like a governance, almost like an impact to figure out how it's going to affect, like how changes will affect people. And I think that's something that isn't always considered, especially at least in the past, you know, year or so from what I've seen in, in a couple of different provinces, it's not always considered like how different programs impact youth, how different programs help youth. And so when those things are cut or moved or what have you, yeah, it definitely discourages youth engagement. It definitely discourages youth from our areas. Like Exactly. Just even in general, not even one specific example. I think that, you know, there's I've kind of and I've said this before on, on some previous episodes, but there are you know youth will be engaged if they feel like they're valued, right? They'll contribute to our our communities. They'll contribute to our provinces if they feel like they are valued. If they feel like they are welcomed and included in decisions. But once, but if they feel the the opposite of that, if they don't feel included, yeah, they're going to walk away because they don't feel like it's you know they're respected. The thing is, like, you can have all these youth councils and youth gatherings and all that. Mm -hmm. You can have all those all you want. But that's not the right table. And the idea is to encourage them to run for town council, run for city council, run for uh, an MLA or an MHA. You Mm -hmm. know, give them them a chance. 
Mm-hmm. Put a little bit of faith in them. You'd be surprised. <laughs> they're, you know, like I said, like a lot of them go to university. They're even though they're just fresh out of university or whatever like that. Perfect. That's fine. They develop their own ideas. They develop their 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 own person. And to dismiss them as oh you're not ready to oh you're too young for politics or you're oh you're too young for that. You know that's that's not fair to them. That's why we're in the predicament we're in. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't see them go out. That's why you don't see them engage in anything like that. It's because they don't feel valued. Mm-hmm. Give them a value. Give them a chance. You know, everyone always used to, like my first friend two years ago, when people go, oh, aren't you a bit young for this? I said, the, <laughs> the youngest MHA to ever sit in the House of Assembly was 24 years old. And he was given a cabinet position. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so <laughs> right. So, yeah, me being 30 and going around, I, I think I'm I, I'm pretty good. I'm okay there, right? Yeah. Right? But that's besides, that, you know, but that was a different era. That was in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, back then, a majority of the population was younger. You know, the proportions of young people and old people were significantly different. But as our demographic changed, so did the faces of our House of Assembly change. But that doesn't mean we have to all be that way. You know, just because the dem- demographics of your district is older, the opportunity for young people shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't feel that as, you know, well, my district is a bit, you know, older. I'll let some, you know, no, if you're 20 and you're just in population, the average age of your district is 60, don't matter. Give it a shot. You know, give it a shot. Stand up. Do your best. Mm-hmm. Get your name out there. You might not win this time, but in four years time, try it again. You know, don't, don't allow the world to discourage you. Just embrace it, you know, and just take it on. And, you know, that's that's the thing for young people needs to understand is we need more young people on town council. We need more young people on city council. We need more people in our legislatures. And we need more young people in the House of Commons. And that's the thing. And it's not saying, you know, that, you know, uh, any other group or age demographics voice don't count. It's just that we're lacking young people. We're not being represented, you know, proportionally, we're not being represented correctly. But we need more young people in these positions to actually, you know, come to the idea and, and bring some modern solutions and some modern thinking into these things. Unfortunately, you know, we've seen what happened without migration. We've seen what happened without youth, youth engagement. It's time to actually change, change the tide and involve more young people. We need a, we need a, a youth revolution in Atlantic <laughs> Canada right now. And that's what we need. We need more young people to get involved. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I can't, I can't agree with you more. I love youth revolution. A friend of mine who uses the term youth revolution, and I couldn't agree more. It's definitely something that needs to needs to happen. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, like I said earlier, I don't feel myself as a young person, but more than happy to support young people. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. That yeah. Want to do this to do this because you know what i have actually it's interesting uh one of my colleagues who's a new democrat who's running and uh, she's a couple of years younger than me actually i knew her from my time in college mm. over at happy valley goose Bay. so that's just my neighboring district to me amy norman she's running now in the district of lake melville same thing a passionate youth who wants to see more youth voices and a young indigenous woman who wants to see more youth and indigenous uh, representation uh mm-hmm. in our house of assembly and she's uh she's on the same page that we need to have a conversation about retaining youth in our province and it starts on the floor of our house of assembly having having young people talk about issues that involve young people and young families and people who are just starting you know starting life in this province mm-hmm. uh that's the thing too you, you got to give them a voice you got to give them a chance because they need to have their voices heard as well you know uh they need to be able to say well as a young family or as a young person these are the things that are negatively impacting 
our province. I can't get services. I can't get childcare. I can't get healthcare. I can't get right. So having mm-hmm. these young people express these problems, then we can change it. Then we can know. Then then we can know what's wrong and start pinpointing where the system is hurting young people. Where are the roadblocks? Where is the red tape? Where is the lack of programming? Mm-hmm. Then we can address it. And like I said to you, we asked the question, why to vote NDP or vote for me? It's because we need to find these these roadblocks, these these things. It's not one policy. It's not two policies. Mm. It's a whole system of governance, a whole system of government that actually kind of needs to have a little look at it and go, yeah, maybe actually how we do things is the reason why young people are leaving this province. You have a lot of good points there. I can't, I can't disagree. So I'm kind of interested... Has anything kind of come to mind during our conversation that you want to mention again, double back on, or something that we haven't really dug deep enough on as of yet? We could do better. And like I, I like I said earlier, this is an Atlantic Canada thing, and, and probably a whole Atlantic Canada conversation on mm. where are the roadblocks? Where are the things that are keeping Atlantic Canadians youth I'm sticking around. Where, where, where are we going wrong? And where can we have a conversation as all of Atlantic Canada on addressing this? Because you know what's good for Newfoundland Labrador is definitely good for Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, PEI. And, you know, we're, we're we're all like I said earlier, we're all in the same boat. We're all having these issues about youth and retaining youth and keeping them in our provinces and and, and helping our economies. And that's the thing too is I, I think this is a conversation for all four Atlantic Canada provinces to have mm-hmm. on where can we all find a level, level playing field that we can all agree that this is how, you know, we've, we've addressed these issues. I don't think, you know, an us versus them thing can go on much longer. I think it's going to be, have to be a team effort from all four Atlantic Canada provinces and say, I think maybe we need to address this issue. Maybe mm-hmm. we need to have a conversation about this. Maybe we can come up with a plan that involves all four of us at the same table saying, we need to be youth friendly and have policies and programming that will help all of us succeed. And I think if all four Atlantic Canada provinces succeed, I think it'll be a great day. And I think we could all uh, agree that we can stem this tide of migration. Where can, kind of wrapping up here, where can people follow you or the Newfoundland and Labrador NDP to kind of stay on top of all the election action as it plays out over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, you can follow me. I'm uh, at uh, Jordan Lab City on Twitter, and you can follow me on uh, there. I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I don't consider myself a youth, so I'm not really up on all the social media. <laughs> no stuff. worries, no worries. You can follow, you can follow me there. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, Jordan Brown for Labrador West is my uh, Facebook page for the uh, NLNDP. You know, it's uh, at NLNDP on Twitter and Facebook. So, you know, uh, you can just check us out there. You know, I'm, uh, I am pretty active on Twitter. I have to, I'm not, I'm not a pro or nothing, but I, I, I as an older youth, <laughs> doing, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Tech, tech was never my real, uh, real strong, point, but now you can find me all there. Uh, you know, uh, and you know, feel free to send me a message or tweet at me or anything like that. It's, uh, I, I have a good laugh with that, but we're into the home stretch of the election. Now we're, we, uh, we seem to have, uh, been having some good feedback, some positive feedback. We're, uh, we're hoping that, you know, maybe the, the youth revolution may happen, but, uh, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it is a very important conversation to have. I don't think 
province have been having our province have been having enough of that kind of conversation mm-hmm. and i think it's it's important that we do continue to have these conversations about youth and trying to you know give them a place of you know a sense of purpose a sense of uh, belonging in this province and uh, you know, and I, I encourage more youth to, you know, to actually look at opportunities around and stuff, especially in rural Newfoundland, Labrador. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, these rural communities are such gems and stuff. And, you know, there is hidden opportunity there. But, you know, like I said, uh, if you don't have the programming, you don't have the infrastructure there for them to succeed, then obviously, you know, they're, they're set up to fail. But, you know, we shouldn't be shouldn't do that. We should be giving all our youth and everything as many opportunities as possible to continue to grow this place, because at some point, those youth will end up being not youth and <laughs> and you know and if we keep having a migration and that there's no one going to be there to take care of anybody and that that's that's the ultimate negativity that's the ultimate thing we don't want to see uh we want to see a robust population with this means of self you know self-sustain itself and you know i don't want to go look i don't want to look down in 20 30 years and the whole entire population of this province just be in four or five urban centers because that's no good either. So we need mm-hmm. to we need to keep vibrancy. We need to keep the idea that this province is self-sustainable. Mm-hmm. I think that's all very great. And uh, yeah, so I want to thank you again for coming on my show here. And uh, I wish you good luck and your whole team good luck. Thank you, James, and uh, thanks for reaching out and inviting me. It's great to to have the op- this opportunity to, to to you know talk about these issues and stuff. I know uh, I I feel like our, we haven't had enough of these conversations in our province, but mm-hmm. you know having a broader Atlantic Canada base to have these conversations, maybe we'll spark something here in Atlantic Canada. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of What Do You Think. If you liked it, please be sure to share it with your friends and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to join the conversation, please follow us on Twitter and or Instagram at whatyouth underscore think. Together, we can make our voices heard. Thank you very much.